This is the Capness HR Podcast, and we want you to be great every day. Join us as we transform the human resources outsourcing industry while we talk to small business owners, founders, and people in tech, startup, and HR spaces. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Capness. Hello, and welcome to Cabinets HR Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Cabinets. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash HR. Our guest today is Bill Hurling. Bill, are you ready to be great today? I am ready, yes. Bill runs Seattle-based Humming Tree, a native advertisement content management platform. Bill previously ran Dow Inc., an interactive imaging technology which was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to be acquired. Bill has also written a few patents as a marathon runner and volunteer coach. And a youth cross-country team that he, that he coaches recently won the city title. Thank you for being here today. I really appreciate it. So what's your, what's your focus on right now? What's keeping you busy? Yeah, you know what? We're, uh, we're kind of in the process of hiring some new folks. So I'm uh, just going through that cycle and uh, finding the right fit. That's kind of what's our, our main focus is right now. So that brings up a good question. How do you go about building your team? Well, I would start with this. Uh, the motto, hire slow, fire fast. It takes time to build the right team. It takes time to find the right people. It takes time to right, find the right fit. But in the long run, it is worth it. Um, you know, there's a really great book most everyone knows about called Good to Great. And they talk about this idea of, you know, it doesn't really matter if you don't know where you're going, as long as you have the right people uh, in the right seat. That's all that matters. So in our hiring process, we really try to vet as many people as we can. Uh, I try to get as many touch points from our team. Um, so to try to have, you know, kind of a group interview, you know, our biggest thing is I, I really don't care about resume, you know, especially on the technical side, I just look for, you know, what have you built? What have you done? What does your portfolio look like? In the end, that's all that really matters. So, so, so yeah, it's about finding that person who can add value to the team but is also that right fit who buys in long-term to what you're doing. It's not good for anyone if someone's just there for the money. You know, you got to find people that enjoy, you know, the process, but also uh, want to be there for uh, the end product. You know, why are we doing it? That's what matters. Yes. Yeah. So, Bill, a lot of people say fire fast, but very rarely do people really fire fast. I mean, yeah. no one wants to be the bad guy. I mean, right. those are like a rule in HR. If it's coming to mind to fire someone, you should probably let them go a long time ago. Right. <laughs> How do you keep them doing this? Like, you know, I mean, of course you want to be compassionate, empathetic, but still there's a point where you got to, you know, cut the, you know, cut the person loose. How do you, how do you run it? Right. Great. Good question. Well, you know what? I, uh, two things. So one, I believe in, you know, kind of as you alluded to, you got to make sure it, it's, is the decision you want to make, you know, and I believe in giving people an opportunity to prove themselves. If there's a pattern of, you know, or a feeling that you, you know, don't, don't believe this person's a good fit. You know, then my second point is you, you got to do it fast. It's not fair to them, you know, and that's the way I look at it. If you just keep somebody on because you're, it's hard to fire somebody because you don't want to be the mean guy. Well, that's not really fair to them. Um, and so the longer you wait, the worse it'll be for everybody. There's a really great kind of sandwich to actually letting somebody go of kind of, you know, laying down the first layer, like, hey, you've done a really great job for these reasons, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you lay down the meat of it, like, but we have to let you go. And then you layer it on top, but I'd love to save it with you or whatever. So. You know, I think there's a process to doing it, but once you make that determination that this is the thing to do, then you have to act fast because it's better for you and it's better for them ultimately too. And that's the way I look at it. So it, it is hard though. I, I agree. Yeah, it's very hard. Bill, what lessons did you learn from your first startup that's happening this second startup run easier for you? We, I've had many failed businesses even before that, that dial, um, that dial one, but yeah, you know what? We, 
The most important thing to me is just enjoying the process. You know, I, I feel like people get hooked on the idea of, oh, I could make a lot of money or, oh, I could be famous, I could do this or that. But uh, you forget the process part. The process is what's... Um, and if you don't love it, if you don't love the process, then you never will find... And they're very fully fulfilled. So the biggest thing I've learned is just uh, keep iterating, fail fast, fail often, uh, adapt. But, you know, you got to change the rules. You know, there's this idea that I heard recently that uh, is essentially if you have a, there's a Filipino martial art stick fighting where the instructor has a big stick and he tells the student, I will hit you with this stick if you talk. I will hit you with this stick if you don't talk. I will hit you with this stick if you try to fight back. I will hit you with the stick if you don't try to fight back. And so what do you do? Um, in a situation like that, it seems like everything's, you know, all points to failure, but um, this grabs the stick and breaks it. And so, you know, when you're in a situation like this, and it really highlights the state of, and the biggest thing that I've learned through all of these things are when a situation seems, you know, like there's only failure ahead or there's only bad options, you have to redefine what an option is. And so, um, you know, you got to grab that stick and break it. And that's the biggest thing that I, that in my view, that defines several entrepreneurs, just the ability to adapt and change the definition of what their options are, what their circumstances are. Well, yeah. can you talk about how Hemetree came about? Yeah, sure thing. So uh, in the previous app, we were trying to advertise that it was, an, it was a social media app, which is a lot like pushing a rock uphill with your eye. You know, it doesn't really go anywhere, but um, it either takes off or it doesn't. And But we're trying to advertise on it, trying to make money off of it. And in that, we recognized advertising is hard, you know, to do for the people that are trying to show ads, for the people that are trying to make them. And so from that is where Homing Tree was born, was this idea of trying to essentially redefine the way people interact with brands, you know, the way that we create ads, that we interact with them, the way that we share them. And that's, that's where it started. So we started originally with an app that allowed anybody to make an ad. And then we slowly realized the delivery process and mechanism was subated through ad networks and DSPs and things like that. So we, yeah, we started to build stuff that could kind of help our product, and we found out that it could help other people too. Bill, and you're located in the Seattle area, correct? Correct. So are you, are you just doing your product in Seattle right now, or are you, have, are you trying to expand the market some? Yeah, no, it, it's national, I guess. We work with folks, um, you know, a lot of folks in Manhattan and uh, London and Ukraine. So no, it's, it's where these publishers are. It's where these advertisers are. Um, in fact, we don't really, we actually don't have any customers in Seattle. So what kind of pushback have you been getting from potential customers? What reasons have you been given? Like, I don't want to buy this because of this. And then how do you, what's your answer to those, to those um, concerns? I, it starts with a fundamental uh, misunderstanding of what the product is. Um, and that's, you know, that's on us if we can't fully explain what we're trying to do. And so people seem to have, the people that don't get it always have a different understanding of what we're trying to do. And so people that get it, the people that want it, understand what we're trying to do and that's really natural with every product but you know our biggest thing is to just streamline the put the bumpers up put this holding up and make it as possible you know to adapt the pitch um, but that's the biggest thing that we get is just you know it's a failure on our part for not you know adequately presenting it properly giving it justice i guess bill next can you talk about time you, you were successful in the past what you learned and what we can learn from your success well, you know, I you know, I think success is defined obviously and that, that takes a lot of time to find out what that definition is and it's always changing. But yeah, one specific example would be in hiring and finding the right people. Um, that's probably my biggest um, accomplishment is just finding teams get along with each other and that, you know, go to dinner and go to bars and whatever, and just have fun together. And that takes time. But for me, what I learned was don't settle 
you know, don't just be like, hey, I need this person. This person fits the boxes. You know, I, I don't really feel right about it. To take the time to find that person and so specifically kind of my success, which I'm, I'm not successful, but the people that I've been able to find, you know, kind of help build a product that, that can make some. So, um, yeah, you bring up a good point. I think sometimes startup founders don't realize that the early hires, how much impact that hire is going to have yeah, on the no. for your company. I don't think they realize that sometimes, like, oh, I need X, so here's X, I'm going I'm to hire X. I don't realize the long-term implications of that hire. Right, exactly. Positive or negative. Bill, follow question. Talk about a time you feel in the past, what you learned from this, and what we can learn. Let's see, which of my failures should I choose from? So, okay, so we, I'll give you an example. So originally we, this product specifically, we were trying to reach, we failed to define kind of who we were trying to target. And it's really dangerous. It's super easy to fall for the bait and take it as an entrepreneur. And, and it's through, you know, CEO or entrepreneur, you always kind of have to be that long-term visionary. But it's very difficult to, you know, oh, let's get this and do this and do this. And originally this product, you know, we were trying to market it to everyone, anyone. We we're like, any website could make an ad. Oh, perfect. Then this will be great. Literally any website could use what we do. And the failure of that is you're not able to find that, you know, that first initial group, um, you know, those people that are really into what you're doing. That's something that I learned. And it's very important for entrepreneurs to learn that, that you will get there. You can get them that long-term vision over time. But to start, you know, you got to find that, that core group and find that really targeted niche that's, you know, something that you're passionate about, something that you add value to, and, you know, something that on all grounds is just um, beneficial. Um, and so find that targeted group and um, stick with them. My failure was trying to go for too big too early, you know, trying to take on way more than we could chew too early with the rationale that, oh, we'll learn more if we try to do this. Well, true, but to a certain degree, but you don't fully... You can't find your traction when there's there's nowhere to stand. So it, it takes a while to find that first jumping off point that you can build from. So take your time doing that too. Yes, I definitely agree. So Bill, what, what size industry or, or companies are you actually targeting right now? Yeah, so we work with pretty large scale folks, Automatic, Bloomberg, The Guardian, Cars.com, stuff like that. Folks that we can try to work with, you know, and trying to find a fit with them and, and exploring ways to work with these people that can really automate their ad delivery and, and the way that people create ads and what that looks like, that sales looks like. Um, so we're targeting pretty large scale enterprise companies to work with and news outlets and stuff at this point. Bill, can you tell us someone who's helped you in the past and how they helped you? I was very fortunate to have uh, a couple of uh, advisors who started some companies and both had couple exits under their belts, you know, 20 years on me and, and it raised a lot of venture capital money too. Uh, but besides that too, there's everyday people that provide a lot of value. You know, a specific instance, there was a, a guy in Portland named Joe who started a company called Nurse Grid, who's awesome, just very always give time and to help out and to um, lend, you know, connect with other people and to, you know, generate some, you know, interest and, and drum up support. But and that he helped me was just early on when this thing was just an idea, you know, helping believe in it, gave really targeted KPIs, things that I could try to beat. Um, and when we did, you know, he, he saw value what we did. Um, there's people all around that help you, especially your customers more than me. Bill, can you tell us something about yourself that most people don't know? Of course, your close family, close friends know this, but most people who deal with you day to day don't know this about you. 
I wrote a children's book. That's probably the only interesting thing about me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's called The Egregious Duck. You should totally get it. There's like two copies ever sold. They're both to me probably. So, <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't even think it's on Amazon anymore. Actually. I, I don't know. I think they take it down if it <laughs> doesn't get enough. But, uh, but yeah, I, I wrote a children's book when I was in college because I just bored really more than anything. So, Bill, I understand you have a book to recommend for our listeners. Uh, the book is called Story uh, by Robert McKay, and uh, it's substance, structure, style, and the principles of screenwriting um, is what it's about. But it really breaks down the idea of a story and how stories have been told for you know thousands of years. It's really the thing that kind of keeps you together in a way, and just the structure of it and why people love stories and why it's important for an entrepreneur is you're a storyteller. You, you're telling a story. Why does someone want to buy this product? Here's the story. Why should somebody invest in you? Here's the story. Why should people care? Here's the story. So, you know, understanding what that looks like and what that means is super important. And that's the book I would recommend uh, is understanding the principles of, of screenwriting, but in general, principles of uh, telling a story. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I'm sure that's a great book because like people don't realize that as a CEO, you're actually the chief storyteller and you got to <laughs> over and over. Like yeah, exactly. almost thousands of times, you know. Exactly. Which is a good thing so you can refine your message. Yeah, exactly. Bill, exactly. also recommend you also understand something, uh, something for our listeners. Yeah, so we've got uh, t shirts. Humming Tree t shirts are uh, a big purple tree if you look at our logo. So if anybody wants that, they can send us an email and we can figure out a way to ship to you if you want one. Thank you, Bill. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Bill, can you give us your social media links for both yourself and your company so people can reach out to you? Facebook, and I can maybe we can join these as well too, but uh, I think the Facebook and Twitter is just at uh, Team Humming Tree, uh, Humming Tree, H U uh, M M I N G T R E E. And uh, you can just email me a bill at Humming Tree. I don't really have any silly little stuff myself, but I'd encourage you guys to reach out to us if you ever need anything. If you ever need an ad, use Humming Tree. Well, we'll come to the end of our talk. Can you move on the listeners any like last minute wisdom or advice or any subject you'd like to talk about? Just understand things take time. There's patience in everything and that, you know, it's very important to be an entrepreneur that, you know, you want to be aggressive and move fast and break things. That's great. Sounds great. But at the same time to understand, you know, you have to enjoy the process. You have to enjoy what you're doing. If you don't, then, you know, what's it all worth? Um, you've got one life, so you might as well enjoy it. And just the time to find the right people, to find the right you know, product to find the right advisors, investors, whoever. It just takes time, but it'll all work out in the end if you if you just believe in the process. Trust yourself, you're doing well, and just adapt, iterate, break things, break the stick, like I said earlier, and um, yeah, go from there. Bill, thank you for being a guest on the podcast. You do some yeah. great things. And to our, to our listeners, thank you for your time as well. Remember to be great every day. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Kavnis HR. For more exclusive content, as well as your free copy of HR Laws, be sure to visit KavnisHR.com or connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook at Kavnis HR. Thanks again, and be great every day.